0: Hey, it's Sean from The Commander's Brew. Before we get to this episode, I've got a very important announcement to make. I'm switching podcast hosts. Normally, I wouldn't have to say anything, but modern podcast hosting is pretty advanced, and the way I've been doing things is pretty old-fashioned. So it's not as simple as just updating the feed, and then you don't notice anything. If you want to keep listening to this show, and I really hope you do, you'll have to click the link in the show notes. That'll take you to the new feed, and you can subscribe there. I'll keep publishing episodes on this feed until sometime the end of January, that should give people enough time to switch over to the new feed. And if you're coming back from the future, and you're wondering why there hasn't been an update since sometime in January, this is why. I've got so many new episodes for you over on the new link. Anyway, here's this episode. Hey, it's Ron from the Commander's Brew, and let me just say this is a journey of an episode we're dealing with Thanos, solemn survivor this is one of the new commanders from the brothers War commander decks that old border thing and you know a lot of the commanders that have come out recently have been really heavy artifact no surprise they're from the brothers war that's kind of the whole thing but i gotta say when you dig deep you really find some cool angles and i think I've got a pretty cool one here. I put together a Spellslinger Taunos Esper deck. It's very cool. We're casting a lot of spells, we're getting spells back from our graveyard, we're proliferating and that plays in perfectly with artifacts and how they have a lot of charge counters on it. This deck kind of does everything and there's a bunch of X spells in it. This was fun. At risk of being too repetitive, I also want this deck in real life. I didn't get the commander decks from this set though, I gotta see if Taunos is super expensive. And or if I already picked one up because I bought a few singles, doesn't matter, though. This is a cool deck. This has been a fun episode. And I want to thank you for listening. Truly, thanks for listening. Thanks for clicking the link in the show notes to buy your cards through the TCG player link. That's also the link where you can go to just to see all the cards I talk about in this episode. You know, if you really do want to support the show, if you like the kind of stuff I'm putting out, patreon.com slash commanders is the most effective way to do that. And of course, special thanks to the Wizards Tower wizardtower.com I've got an ad for them coming up including a coupon code to get money off your singles if you're in Canada and also Darksteel Industries who has corporate ownership of the podcast. Now let's go to two ads, one fake, one real. Visit beautiful Phyrexia. Have a delicious brunch at one of our gorgeous bed and breakfasts in the fourth sphere of the Nine Hells. After our vat priests get you nice and plump, take a steam creature pulled carriage ride around the boiling sea of glistening oil. And we've got a wonderful nightlife too. Our punishment sphere has the hottest nightclubs and a sky full of enormous diamond studded grinder teeth. And maybe you'll catch a glimpse of the eighth sphere, which is a place of pure energy. Little is known of it except that it's fun book your trip today we've got a very special deal on one-way tickets our sale price is something low enough to convince you that this is too good of a deal to pass up but not so low that you think this is a trick see you soon and here's the real ad from the wizard's tower wizardtower.com besides being a great place to look at articles on commander and other formats it's a place where you can buy magic singles and if you're ordering from Canada, I've got a great deal for you. Use coupon code Brothers to get 5% off your singles. Though that deal is for real. Now back to the show. So this is Tano's Solemn Survivor. We've got a two mana commander, which is pretty cheap. I like that. We can cast it a few times. And there's two key abilities here. Starting with the second one. It's a four mana Esper ability, one white, blue, black. Tap, sacrifice two artifact tokens, exile an artifact or a creature from your graveyard and make a token copy of it except it's an artifact in addition to its other types, only as a sorcerer. So we've got one ability which allows us to make artifact tokens of any artifact or creature in our graveyard. That goes very nicely with the other ability to tap create a token that is a copy of up to one target artifact token you control. Mill two cards. So the mill's very nice and we're also filling the graveyard so we can reanimate things. That's just a free bonus that Wizards didn't have to do, Wizards thinks, but we get to make a token copy of any one of these token artifacts which we already reanimated. This means we can reanimate any creature or artifact that will become artifact tokens and then we can copy them. We will probably want to put something disgusting into our graveyard to copy that and then reanimate it for cheap as well. And we just need a couple of tokens to start things off. So in a pinch, we could use one of the things we reanimated, which is now a token, to also reanimate something else if we had to. But that copying ability, that's where the real power is. The reanimating is sorcery speed, but that copy does not say that. We can copy anything. As long as we've got two mana open, our opponents will have to realize we can get a duplicate of any ETB ability on the battle. So once you start digging around for like, what can we do with this? What kind of cool creatures and artifacts? Obviously gigantic, huge artifacts that are cheap to reanimate. That's a very nice move. We want to copy them, but specifically creatures with ETBs that bring spells back to your hand, instance and sorceries. This kind of makes it seem like there's a nice spell slinger deck hidden in here. Because think about it. If we've got a copy of a token copy of one of these Things like an Archaeomancer, bring a target, instant, or sorcery back to your hand from the graveyard. Let's say we've got two mana open. We can just pay two. Copy that Archaomancer token and get another spell from our graveyard to our hand. Now, if we're looking at counter spell, which is just blue blue, negate, which is one and a blue, we could sneak in a couple of single mana counter spells just in case. That way we only need to hold three mana up. And then we have access to stuff like Scholar of the Ages. That's the big seven mana creature that brings back two instancer sorceries. That's phenomenal. I'm sure we can do some cool loops there. Scholar of the Lost Trove is that big Sphinx, that's a seven mana sphinx that when it enters, you can exile one instant sorcery or artifact from your graveyard and then you cast it without paying its mana cost if you do an instant sorcery it will not go back to the graveyard so that's not going to be good for future loops but i mean we can just get it back a seven mana artifact with this thing not reanimate it and have the actual card on the battlefield instead of a token copy we wouldn't be able to copy it because tunnels can only copy tokens but that might be useful for something else and then of course something like torrential gear hulk it's that six mana flash gear hulk when it enters we can cast an instant free from our graveyard uh, that will also get XL. but here's a way we can hold up six mana so if our opponents are like well i don't want to mess around with anything i don't want to tempt you to copy one of those creatures we can just cast the torrential gear hulk from scratch i mean maybe we don't have enough ups for like they don't have anything in the graveyard they're like well there's nothing scary in your graveyard right now so you have no creatures that can bring them back with etb abilities so i'm not worried about the spells in your graveyard at the moment well this is in my hand so you should have been worried and of course our opponents will want to disrupt us they will want to mess with Thanos and you know, having a bunch of mana open, we will be able to just pull anything out of our graveyard, reanimate some things at sorcery speed, but creatures that reanimate, we can copy those as well. So like also cards like slip out the back. This is that one mana instant from New Penna, where we put a plus one plus one counter on the creature and it phases out. This protects it from any wraths, protects from exile effects, protects it from targeted removal. It's very good. The drawback is that it's gone for a turn uh, until our upkeep. So we won't have Thanos around for possible shenanigans at that point. But I mean, what's worse? Thanos gets destroyed or Thanos is gone temporarily. I think that's like something like Blacksmith Skills, a single man in white instant. I forgot about this card. Did I forget? I just don't know Modern Horizons 2 though. Single white instant target permanent, gains hexproof and indestructible tones of turn, and if it's an artifact creature, it gets plus two, plus two as well. That could come in handy if we plan on swinging in with some of our big artifact creatures, which I haven't talked about, but I will soon. And so we can go even bigger from here. Taunos' ability to copy does include a tap, two mana and a tap, but what if some of the spells we're getting back could be untap spells? Twiddle's a classic, it's a one mana, tap or untap, target artifact creature or land. We've got Dream's Grip, basically the same thing one blue choose one target uh, tap target permanent or untap target permanent but we can entwine it for one but we're probably not going to. We just want to pay one to untap Tanos and then Chain Stasis is a weird reserveless card that's under 2 bucks so that's cool to own a reserveless card if you want but it's like a single blue instant you may tap or untap target creature then that creature's controller may pay two and a blue If the player does, they may copy this spell and choose a new target. Very weird, but there exists a world where we will make a bunch of mana, as I will discuss later, where we might be able to do this a couple of times. I'm not sure what else we will will really want to untap in terms of creatures, but, you know, maybe there's something out there. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring up a cool reserve list that is affordable right now. And then, of course, something like Thousand Year Elixir, a permanent way to untap something so that we don't have to spend an ETB to bring back a spell is a great way to go. It also gives everything haste that has an ETB ability. Sorry, that also has a tap ability. So that means Taunos will be able to use the copy, will be able to use the reanimate right away. We still have the sorcery speed restriction on the reanimator, but we won't have to wait a full turn to make it happen and then listen clock of omens is that four mana artifact tap two untapped artifacts you control untap target artifact so we can reuse the thousand year elixir by untapping it with clock of omens clock of omens untaps the elixir the elixir untaps Tanos. Tanos makes a copy of something and we do need artifact tokens to start the reanimation to begin with. Part of the cost, in addition to the one white-blue-black, is sacrificing two artifact tokens. So let's look at some ways to make those. And I'm also going to try to tie this into reanimatable spells, big artifacts that bring in a lot of little artifact tokens that we don't mind just reanimating anyway, like Mere Battlesphere. This is a classic. We bring in four 1-1 Mere artifact creature tokens along with it. We can attack tap all those mirrors and do x damage to whoever the battle sphere is attacking x is the number of tapped mirrors we used if we reanimate the battle sphere we can copy it for two more mana Two more mana for another battle sphere and four more mirror. Maybe we can copy it again with an untap for another battle sphere, four more mirror. Now, one of those battle spheres attacking, we can tap 12 mirror to do 12 to someone, regardless of what happens to the battle sphere. Not to mention, we've got artifacts for days now so that we can keep using reanimate effects. Similarly, Phyrexian Triniform. This is a nine mana nine nine. It has encore for 12. So we're probably not going to encore it because we plan on exiling it from our graveyard with Taunos to make a token copy. But when this thing dies, you make three 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 colorless golem artifact creature tokens. Great. Tokens can die. You know, they won't exist in the graveyard, but the game will see them go to the graveyard. We will get our die triggers. And then as a state based action, those tokens will vanish. But We'll get those golems. Triplicate Titan, same thing. It's a 9 mana 9-9 nine nine with flying vigilance and trample. And when this one dies, it's kind of like Worm Coil Engine, where you get three different golems. You get a flying golem, a vigilance golem, and a trample golem. I don't think it's as cool as Worm Coil Engine, but it's way cheaper. It's 230. I guess we should get it now because it's probably going to be a fantastic reanimate target. And then a classic Sharding Sphinx. Not only is this hilarious to talk about a sharding sphinx (laughs) okay we also get to create an artifact we also get to create a blue thopter artifact creature token whenever we do damage with an artifact creature to a player combat damage so all those little mirror the battle sphere all the golems uh, the thopters that sharding sphinx makes each one that connects makes another Thopter for us to use for sacking, or just use to fuel even more artifact creature tokens. Like sharding things alone. Like once you start making thopters, each one that hits brings another one. So we sort of start doubling our thopter army. Your opponents do have to deal with this on its own. And this might be the inspiring card that started this whole thing. I was looking for ways to make artifact creature tokens, and metallurgic summonings is that five minute enchantment that every time we cast an instant or sorcery, we create one xx colorless construct artifact creature token where x is that spells mana value so we're probably going to do little spells i think that's what we plan on reanimating with, with our creatures that bring spells back we'll have some draw spells as well uh, we'll have some very big x spells later as i will get to but this is not here for the size of the tokens this is just here to make tokens and to be a trigger whenever we cast spells we plan on casting a bunch of the interesting thing is there's no other way to get artifact tokens without red. Like Sahili needs red for it. If I dug into red, I'm sure there's other ways as well. But in just blue, this is the only pure spell slinging way to get artifact creature tokens. I know I could make a million drakes. I could make a million other things with other things that do that, but I don't want non-artifact tokens i want to be making artifact tokens you could go that way for sure run your talarans run the thing that makes illusions that get bigger of course okay here's a bit of a detour for removal if we are milling ourselves if our graveyard's getting big we will be able to reanimate creatures that have removal etb abilities noxious gear hulk this is the six mana gear hulk the menace Five-four five, four, menace attacks pretty well and when it enters, you destroy a creature, and if that creature is destroyed, you gain life equal to the toughness. Then again, the whole point here is if we can reanimate this once, that's good. It only cost us four plus a couple of junkie tokens. Four is less than six, that's a good deal. But if we can copy it, now we're paying two to do it. If we can untap Thanos, we'll pay two to do this again. Same deal with Angel of Despair. This is this three, four, five. It's a seven mana angel, five, five flying, another great attacker. But when this one enters, you get to destroy target permanent. Now we can target lands if we're super mean. Same with Spine of Ishsa. Spine of Ishsa is the seven mana artifact that when it enters, you destroy a permanent. When this is put into a graveyard, you return it to its owner's hand. Unfortunately, we plan on exiling this from the graveyard, so we won't be returning it to our hand very frequently. But again, you make a copy of this a couple of times, we're golden. And then the primordial cycle. Luminant primordial is still a quarter, probably because it swords to plowshares three creatures for seven mana. But like, listen to what I'm saying. You want a swords to plowshares three creatures for seven mana? Uh, on top of a 4-7 Vigilance body. Uh, when Luminate Primordial enters, for each opponent, exile one creature that player controls and that player gains life equal to the power. Sure, they're gonna gain a bit of life, but if you're removing three things at a time off the board, then you can copy this and remove another three. Like, what are your opponents gonna do? Same with Diluvian Primordial. Only this time, every time it enters, we're taking a spell out of each opponent's graveyard and we're casting it for free. This one might even be more powerful because, you know, killing three creatures is fine, but casting three spells out of a game of commander from random graveyards maybe some ramp spells if you hit this early maybe some huge splashy spells if you hit this late this is fantastic that one's also a quarter i guess sepulchral primordial is the one that costs a buck or two but that one only brings creatures from their graveyards onto your Battlefield. That almost doesn't seem as strong to me. Who am I to say the prices? I'll take this opportunity to mention, of course, if you have the money, Smothering Tithe is amazing. Whenever opponents draw a card, you make a treasure token. If they don't pay two, do you want to pay the two? Give me a treasure token. This makes more tokens that we can sack for Tanos. That's just good. What's it cost these days? Eh, 30 bucks. It's pretty expensive. And then, of course, similarly, Anointed Procession. These two go amazing together, but now this is the four man enchantment that if we're going to make a token, we make double the tokens. So now, I mean, I think if you're gonna pick one of the two, you pick anointed procession first, because it's also 30 bucks, but if I'm going to make a copy of Luminate Primordial, now I make two copies, it's ridiculous. But that's also if Tunnels reanimates anything, like it comes back as a token, so we just get two of it. <sighs> yeah, man, I think this is the first stop. If you wanna drop a bit of cash on this deck, anointed procession would amp this thing up. And so here's where Spellslingers is just perfect for this deck, because it's an artifact deck artifacts have a lot of charge counters if you go looking and spell decks love to proliferate here's where flux channeler comes in it's a three minute creature human wizard whenever you cast a non-creature spell you proliferate now it says non-creature spell We will also be casting artifacts from time to time. So that also gives us a proliferate trigger, but it's the spell part. It's so easy to cast a ton of little spells, especially since we're going to be getting them back from our graveyard. Inexorable Tide is a five mana enchantment that does the same thing whenever you cast a spell proliferate. We've got Contagion Engine as a thing that puts minus one, minus one counters on each creature target player controls when it enters. And we can also spend four to tap proliferate then proliferate again. Double proliferates for four, but also we can copy this if it's in token form, to put extra minus one minus one counters on another player's creature, we wouldn't need to do this more than once if we only had one opponent. But unfortunately, Contagion Engine only puts minus one minus one counters on a single target player's creatures. I feel like this is already very powerful, but I also feel like if they made this card now, it would say each opponent. A little Shadow to Throne of Geth again. This has come up in a couple episodes. It's a two mana artifact, tap, sack an artifact proliferate. I mean, we are planning on running a ton of little artifact tokens. So we will be able to sack an artifact easily and proliferate. And I'll remind you how this works with Clock of Omens. We've got a bunch of little token artifacts. We use two of them to untap Throne of Geth. Throne of Geth eats one of the ones that was used to untap it. We proliferate. We just keep going down the chain. We can half the number of artifact tokens we have, and proliferate that many times incredible so what are we doing with all these proliferate tokens where are these charge counters coming from sphinx bone wand is an excellent it is a hefty seven mana artifact but again if we can reanimate this for four whenever you cast an instant or sorcery put a charge counter on this and if you do it deals damage equal to the number of charge counters on it to target creature or player right we start proliferating we put 10 charge counters on this thing cast a single mana spell 10 to you cast a single mana spell 11 to you cast a single mana spell 12 to you like the game's probably over in a couple of spells if you get to that point maybe not my style but you can also go magistrate scepter this is the three mana artifact that we can pay for to put a charge counter on it and then once we have a charge counter on it we can start proliferating and we can also tap to remove three charge counters take an extra turn copy this a couple of times we're proliferating counters on all of the scepters if we can get the idea is once you can get to like a point where you can proliferate a couple of times per turn then you just got to be able to proliferate three times to get it to four tokens because if you take all of them off and take your extra turn you got nothing to proliferate you get it to four you take an extra turn and then you just proliferate three times on every extra turn which should not be a problem and like deep glow skate five mana fish 3-3. Three, three. When it enters, you double the number of each kind of counter on any number of target permanents. So double all the counters on a Sphinx Bone wand or whatever. Not to mention, we can reanimate this and then we can copy it. So now we're doubling. I- imagine this Deep Glow Skate's in the graveyard. Maybe our opponents forgot about it. Maybe it came down early and then a whole bunch of stuff happened. And now we've got a few counters on a Sphinx Bone wand. We pay four, sack a couple artifacts to reanimate the Deep Glow Skate. Then we pay two more to copy it. So it entered once, we doubled the counters, it entered again, we doubled them again. This is exponential. That is the definition of exponential, when things just keep doubling. It's incredible. Now, I have talked about a lot of mana-intensive things, but once we're looking at the proliferate game, that's not a problem, because you can do things like everflowing chalice, or astral cornucopia, or even pentad prism. Pentad prism is a two-mana artifact with sunburst, so you pay black-blue, let's say, and then you put two counters on it two colors of mana and you all you have to do is remove a charge counter from pentad prism add one mana of any color the ever flowing chalice and the astral cornucopia those come in with charge counters depending if we put it a little bit of extra mana into x but we only need to put the minimum and then we start proliferating and now it's like every time we cast a spell we're also getting more mana as a future rebate. Like if we have all three of these artifacts going that I mentioned, you cast one spell, you're going up three mana the next time you tap these things. You do have to get the first counter on them though. If you can't reanimate any of these three artifacts, because if you do, X will equal zero and they'll disappear. And if you reanimate Pentad Prism, Sunburst will see zero colors of mana spent to cast it. So you'll get no charge counters that way either. But that's where our Empowered Auto Generator comes. Four mana for this one, it enters tapped, but you tap it to put a charge counter on it and then add X of any one color where X is the number of charge counters. So obviously the more we tap and untap this thing, the more mana it pays out. We will be tapping and untapping it using Clock of Omens and the other untappers, we will also be tapping and untapping it. Well, we won't be tapping and untapping it, but we will be getting more counters via the proliferate. This thing's going to generate a ton of mana for us. And even Elementalist Palette, right? I hinted at X spells. You know I love X spells, but here, here they come. Elementalist Palette is your classic three mana mana rock that taps for one mana of any color, but you can add colorless for each charge counter on Elementalist Palette. Spend this mana only on costs that contain X. So we... Cast a single X spell and then put two charge counters on this. Now this thing's up and running. Now we're just gonna proliferate it like crazy and we're gonna be able to cast massive X spells. And before I get to that, I just want to mention one more card that is mana intensive, which looks a little better now that I'm talking about how much mana we're making. Right of replication. You kick it for five. So you've spent nine total and now you've created a token copy of a creature. But if it's kicked, you create five instead. Five D Glow skates? Come on, man. You gotta bring a calculator at this point. Okay, home stretch. My favorite X spell. Of all time is perfect in this deck, Epiphany at the Drownyard. X blue, instant. Reveal the top X plus one cards of your library, separate them into two piles, and an opponent chooses one of those piles. One goes in your hand and one goes into your graveyard. You may be asking, why not just run blue Sun Zenith? Isn't that better? You don't get as many cards, but if you're talking in like the 10 plus, does four cards make a big difference? Maybe not a huge difference, but I love the like the feeling of this, like the game of it. I can separate the piles into uneven piles. If I've got one sick bomb card, like maybe a Rite of Replication and a Counterspell, I'll put that in one pile and then I'll put everything in the other pile. My opponents are very much incentivized to have me put the huge pile in the graveyard, but in a graveyard deck, we don't mind if you fill our graveyard with a bunch of stuff. I'll take it. Let's talk about a consuming aberration. This is interesting too. It's that five mana horror, power and toughness equal to the total number of cards in your opponent's graveyards. And every time you cast a spell, we are a spell slinger deck. But whenever you cast a spell, also means creatures. We don't have to be spell slingers, but in the spell slinger deck, we tend to be casting more spells on average. So whenever you cast a spell, each opponent mills until they hit a land. Put all those in the graveyard. Copy this thing a couple of times. Now every time we cast a spell, they're milling like six to eight cards per spell we cast and then you know if you've got a consuming adoration let's throw in a phoenix god of deception just so that every time we do have this thing get to like 40 40 we can just tap it to have someone mill another 40 out of the blue we can reanimate phoenix too it's incredible and another very nice spell that goes well with this deck is hour of eternity blue 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 xx sorcery xlx target creature cards from your graveyard and for each one excel this way make a token copy that's a 4-4 black zombie. Now this will not make them as an artifact creature token so we will not be able to use Taunos to copy but I don't think we'll be reanimating faster then we'll be putting cards in the graveyard so i think we'll just be able to get a ton of things back bring a bunch of spells back to our hand maybe we'll make a bunch more artifact creature tokens not to mention having a huge army that can attack and do a bunch of stuff how about mind grind blue black x each opponent mills until they reveal x land cards x can't be zero that's pretty good and if you know how many lands your opponents run you might be able to just predict exactly how many lands that's a fun game i you've already used 11 lanes and i know you are, you brag about always running 38 lanes, so i know exactly how much x should be it's fun and we can get these back with these creatures that bring spells back to the hand and lastly i want to mention maddening kakoff this is a variant on the Traumatize effect where a player halves their library but here it's a two mana spell that we can kick for four so six mana each opponent mills half their library rounded up. Each opponent, which is incredible. Again, we want to try to mill if we're doing this because you don't want to just mill everyone's graveyards for half and then just give them access to all that stuff. That will fuel some decks in a nice way that they want. But if we can get this going, maybe we can bring it back, cast it again. The, th- the reason I love Maddening Cacophony is if we don't kick it, each opponent mills eight cards So now, you know, if you have a deck a couple of times, it starts to become very unappealing to pay six to mill like seven cards because there's only 14 left. Well, that's when you switch into the other gear and you just have everyone mill eight. Oh man, what a fun deck. It's got everything I love about a deck. It's got huge, splashy artifacts, multiplying counters, X spells where X can be 10 plus fairly easily. Man, I don't think I've ever loved an Esper deck more. And as always, I couldn't put an episode like this together without the help of the wonderful people in our discord. That's Groove Chiefy, Shadow Shadowhopper. Thanks again, team. And yes, so thank you for coming on this journey with me. I do appreciate it. Uh, I hope you learned something. If you do want to look at all the cards I talked about, I will have a link in the show notes to the TCG player link. Uh, and if you do buy cards through there, that does help support the show. Any cards you buy through that link does. And if you do want to support the show, the best way to do so is patreon.com commandersbrew That support goes directly to the show so I can keep doing cool deck techs and exploring new commanders. But no matter what you're up to, I'll see you next time with another brew. And in the meantime, you keep being you. The world's a better place.